Hey guys, it's Karen and Misty, and we are Perfume Philosophers. It is. It's actually recording. Hooray. All right, we'll just get started. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, some audio. We had some technical difficulties. All right. It required an update and some rebooting and <laughs> here we are general craziness so success Woo-hoo. different start for you guys yeah <laughs> okay so what's up john um technical difficulties oh yeah should we like actually start by saying we are perfume philosophers yeah, we probably i mean it's in your intro it's misty and, and karen. karen i'm karen yes. and we are the perfume philosophers <laughs> okay never mind we'll, we'll work on that next week yeah anyway so Tell me about your week, John. Uh, it was a week. It wasn't really anything noteworthy. Certainly not perfume related that I can think of on my side. It doesn't have to be perfume related. We always just kind of chat at the beginning. That's true. That That's may not true. change your answer. But <laughs> yeah. uh, this was not just a particularly interesting week. Okay. I have two things. One two. perfume related and one not. Wow. So um, I finished watching Stranger Things. There you go. Don't Is that the perfume-related one? No. I oh, can only okay. imagine some of those smells. Ugh. Ew. Um, anyway, um, I won't talk about it in case you're watching it and you haven't finished it yet because spoilers, but I finished that and I actually feel kind of a void because I don't have anything to watch right now. I'm not watching it, but I have finished it. So. <laughs> I've seen like three episodes, including the current finale. So Yeah, he just wanders in and out of the room and... Watch his stuff and yeah. Um, Okay, so the other thing. I took the online adult Jeopardy test this Mm -hmm. week. Um, I didn't do great. I got 32 out of 50. And I just, that's, that's like a 64%. There you go. (laughs) I did the math (laughs) on my phone with the calculator. (laughs) Uh, So I'll take it next time and hopefully do better. I need to study geography and politics. There you go. World politics. Oh, um, but anyway, one of the questions I absolutely knew the answer to because of a perfume thing. So it was the question was like her album. Thank you. Next. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway. And I was like, oh, that's a perfume by Ariana Grande. So it's totally got to be Ariana Grande. There you go. Um, and I'm I mean, I'm absolutely certain that I'm right. I didn't even Google that one at the end because what else would it be? Anyway, so that was my perfume-related thing. There you go. That's pretty neat. Um, I, uh, yeah, I did not. I did not audition for. Je- I did not try out for Jeopardy. So. He knew more of the answers to the questions than I did. <clears throat> that's not. That's not accurate. <laughs> so what I did was I filmed the test with my phone so that I could Google the answers and find out what my score was because they don't give you that information. They're just like, yeah, if you did well, we'll contact you about an audition. I'm not holding my breath. That's so. good because that's that's even if you did really well, it would probably take them longer than like the current record for like holding your breath. So okay, yeah. So anyway, Jeopardy. Jeopardy. This is not Jeopardy. No, this isn't. All right, and then we'll also say, just as a reminder, you can email us. <laughs> that's true. At Misty at perfumephilosophers.com. We're on Instagram, although, to be honest, I don't post very much. You you should post more. I should post Problem more. Problem solved. I just, it's 
It's a lot. It's my amazing it's a, idea. It's brilliant, John. It's brilliant. I know. Um, Blowing the game wide open here. That was my New Year's resolution was to, uh, <laughs> to post more on social media. Well, shows what we think about New Year's I resolutions. Don't we don't really do that. We're also on Facebook. Again, I never post on Facebook. So, um, But what you could do is subscribe to the podcast and um, give us a five-star rating if you like us. And hopefully you do. And if you don't, then don't go rate us. Just leave us alone. <laughs> Just stop listening. And we appreciate that you gave us a shot. Right. I mean, you could you could send us a letter and be like, hey, like. You suck. Well, I was thinking maybe something slightly more constructive than that. Oh, like, but, here's what you should do to improve right. your podcast. Here, here's, yeah. Like, yeah. Send us those emails. We'd love to hear. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, I guess if you just want to send an email and say you suck, that works too. But <laughs> Maybe, maybe be a little, maybe if you could be more helpful than that, that would be cool. Be more helpful. <laughs> anyway. So. Um, yeah. so perfume news. Um, I don't have like a ton. I know you sent me an article about Joe Malone that I skimmed over. And oh, I, I, there was, there was, I remember the broad strokes. It was, it was sort of interesting. Uh, there is. I think he was just talking a little bit about the history of the of the house and her new I say new I think since 2011 so a decade old almost right. at this point but uh, Joe loves but the Joe Malone has a uh, like history of England collection That's or something right. like that uh, which has five or six colognes and or or scents I should say that each is meant to represent like an age of the history of England. All I can remember are like Edwardian and Victorian and plus some more. Cause I don't really know the history of England myself. <laughs> um, but I am initially ignored it or not ignored it, but thought it was just a repackaging of a bunch of the existing scents because the first one I noticed is pomegranate noir, which is very much an existing scent. Um, but it just so happened that that's one that they're using uh, and the rest are all new. So there was one that was like water lily and ivy, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, which they said was very masculine. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, no, I know. I was very... It was yeah. like pomegranate. Uh, no, ours and that, that, So that one was mentioned as the... That's the Victorian one, I okay. think. Uh, I don't remember what the, what the water, water, water lily... Uh, and then there's a... Uh, uh, Tudor rose, okay. I think. Or there's a rose-based one as well. Uh, that again, I swear they said was kind of masculine. Like I, I forget all of the details, but um, but yeah. So I'm actually broadly interested. But as far as I'm aware, I get the impression it's only available as like a set, and it's the they're not small. Like they're the small bottles, but oh, those small the one ounce, right? But those are like seventy bucks each typically. Yeah. So if that's a set of five, you can guess that's going to be probably in like the three hundred ish dollar range. Yeah. So. Probably not a set that we'll be able to get our hands on, but but maybe we can go talk to our Joe Malone lady and see what she knows about it because she's true. very knowledgeable. Yeah, um, but yeah, she I, uh, I I thought there and there were several other. All of the scents sounded sort of interesting, uh, and they were all in the very much in the vein of well, not all because clearly pomegranate noir is not. But most of them were in the vein of the A plus B that the Joe Malone scents tend to be, you know, the poppy and barley, Marantanka, et cetera, et cetera. So, Very interesting. Um, so, yeah, I was actually kind of intrigued when they mentioned that I could be misremembering about the rose, but I know that they mentioned, I believe, the, the water lily and ivy one was a, was a very uh, masculine scent. And I was like, okay, like I'm kind of curious to see what you do to 
uh, uh, flower scent like that, flower-based scent like that to pull it away from that. So anyway, yeah, kind of neat. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I said that like six times. <laughs> All right, and then the other interesting article John sent me that I'd actually already read a different iteration of. Yeah, I've something. heard this. For, I've heard about this one for some years, but there was yeah. a new take on on a, on it. On it. Yeah, I didn't want to just <laughs> so, blurt it out and let right, you. Yeah. Right. So apparently, cats love obsession by Calvin I think, Klein. I, I, specifically, I think big cats. Big I don't know. Cats. I don't know that and like obsession I'm, for men. And yeah. I'm, I'm curious if like ran like house cats are also because like house cats like catnip, and apparently like big cats also like catnip. So I'm curious if like house. We cats... We need to get a hold of some obsession for men and go send to, it to Aaron. Yeah, yeah, have her test this out for <laughs> <Yes>. us. <laughs> have her spray your cats with, with it. With and see how they act. Um, don't spray your that's cats funny because you know and or Karen would also do it um, but Karen not spray your cats yeah go, don't spray your cats Karen ordered a pair of shoes from one of those sites like Mercari mm-hmm. or Posh or whatever those um, anyway and she got this pair of shoes right and then they brought them in and she they kind of pile up their shoes on the um, fireplace the hearth yep. I guess you call it anyway and um one of her cats was obsessed with the shoe. It would not stop. And it's very similar to the behavior of the, the big cats with the gotcha. obsession. So if you have some time, and it's, you don't even have to have a lot of time, but just go to YouTube and, and type in um, you know, tigers and obsession for men, and you'll find some videos of cats that are, like, reacting to, like, zoo animals that are reacting. I watched the video. It was, it was yeah. It's hilarious. I, like, I'm curious. Though, I wish they had shown them do a different perfume as just well to see, to see the different reactions. Right, right, right. And those videos may exist. See, some they walk by and sniff it, and they're just kind of like, meh. And mm-hmm. they just do, like, yeah, ah, this and is like, not. And that's where you get your me. perfume review for the New York <laughs> <Right>. Times <laughs> based on big cats. They just see how big cats react to various perfumes. But yeah, it was um, fun. The one I watched, there was like a lion that they they sprayed it on a box, and they just threw the box into the habitat, and the lion like stuck his whole head in the box <laughs> it's just i mean well getting a cat to get in a box even a big cat is not like a that's not like a heavy lift right, right, like right. cats that's, love boxes and it, even yeah. as i understand it from various unobsession unre- un- related videos or un- videos unrelated to obsession uh even big cats like un- uh, like still still like to get in giant boxes and such and, okay. and act like small ones but um there was a um there was like some sort of a it looked like a plastic tire for lack of a better way to <laughs> gotcha. explain it and um that was something that a cheetah was playing with and that i mean that cheetah was so into it like the cheetahs got the most excited i think gotcha. and what i when i had first seen this i want to say it was like 3 to 5 years ago um they had used it. somebody i guess had realized this at some point and they were using it to get various big cats to come to trail cameras for like nature studies or so i don't even know like what the what the point was but it was like sciencey stuff and getting them getting these various cats on camera for whatever reason and so there was a video of like cats in the wild like reacting to this it was very strange because they didn't spray it on anything for them to interact with like it was just sprayed on stuff so these cats are coming here they're super intrigued but there's nothing there for them to do so (laughs) it's just like it was just it was very strange um but yeah i would i would be very curious to i've not actually seen any videos where they put it on stuff for cats to play with so i'd be very curious to see that and i i recall that i don't remember exactly what it said like the reason they love colognes and perfumes yes but calvin klein it said uses there's like yeah there's 
Yes, civets. it's some, something related to civets, which are cats. Uh, right. Now, let me uh, ask you this. Are the civets... That's the, the coffee thing? The coffee thing? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes, okay. yes. So I was just curious that about is that the, connection. I mean, I can't... I don't necessarily know that it's the same... Like a civet, there may be like a whole oh, family like a, of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, so it may you, not be you. literally the same animal. But that, that is, is some type but of that civet. But those are both civets, I um, believe. The yes. thing we never actually said, except for coffee poop, was that the, the, like like the most expensive coffee. I don't know if it, I, I actually suspect there's probably more expensive coffee than that. But Could, yes. But like, so it's, what's it called? Cafe Luwak? I believe so. And Whoa, it's, yeah. I just it's, pulled that out of my brain uh, somewhere. The, they eat it and they then they can't the digest it, but it yeah. kind of like it processes. Pulls, it pulls like some like uh, yeah, it, it softens it not literally, but like the various acids or something. I don't know. Anyway, it's supposed to be like a good mild whatever cup of coffee, coffee but yeah. I smooth. Yeah, you can also if you don't want to eat uh, coffee that's passed through the digestive tract of a cat. I believe they have like some artificially processed. Gotcha. That is. Uh, and I say cat, like it's not like a, it doesn't look like a house cat. Like it looks very much like a, like a foxy kind of like, I don't know, like a fox uh, lemming kind of thing. This is my guarantee I could be wrong. We will have a picture of a cat, possibly a civet for the, the picture to go with the podcast this week. We'll see what we can find. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I thought that was an interesting like cross, like. Yeah, no, that's, that's just a a weird. Yes, yeah, so that's something that I'm curious. What note you get from civets. from civets? That like what what is it that they're using uh, using that to like create, as it were? So <clears throat> funny story. This is not actually what we're intending to talk about for the whole episode. But um, when I was googling to get some some information about part of the thing that we're going to talk about here in a minute, you know how it's like you type in something and then okay. The, the, the question I typed in was, did Luca Turin review perfumes for the New York Times? Because I had that wrong. I thought he was a reviewer for the New York Times, but that's, that is not it. That's Chandler Burr. Ah, so okay. I thought he did at one point, but apparently I was wrong. But anyway, so... Um, and then they give you the little box on Google. People, always, says, people yeah, also, also ask. ask. And the last question was, what is civet in perfume? And I was like, how did they know we were going to talk about the cats? I didn't even watch or read the article on my computer. I did it on my phone. So what does it actually say we'll out of see. curiosity? I know we normally try and do this off. Civet musk is glandular. Well, well, I knew it was what it was. I just <laughs> want to know what it smells like. Uh um, Almost liquid pale yellow. This is not uses. Go scroll down, scroll down. I think that's where we're getting to here. Uh, displaced, which is more easily synthesized. Uses of flavor. Okay, well, never mind. Let's look at um, fragrance. Because you just talk for a minute. So yeah, I know. I just so civets are are that that picture was kind of off putting. That's yeah. not the animal I was thinking. Not a very very happy looking cat there. Um, Oh wow, alien mirage! There's a new, There's a new alien. Wow, <laughs> and they have men too. Oh my gosh! That has the two style bottles there. Yep. Interesting. Okay, well, that's so that's not even a... what we're here for today. But just this all sorts of I news happening never right just now. Blindly open for oh, granted because right. it's going to start shouting at the at the at the microphone slash audience there. <laughs> oh, civet zoologist perfumes. That's um, an oh, actual. Yeah, they have their, um, oh, that's and that's the designer. That's the house. The animal with an e. An, animal. Animal. Uh, that's not in English. I don't know what that means. All right, well, it's all good. Uh, I don't know that they're going to have it because I don't think the note is civet. I think it is 
probably a process in the same way that like what is it that the beaver castorium is used to do like raspberry notes i think or something like i don't know there's some gland from a beaver that you use to make either raspberry or strawberry smelling slash whatever musk and well that still is not telling you what it smells like it's just telling you what it is very pungent Let's see if it gives there's... warmth and depth to florals, it says. Now replicated with civetone, for, which is what they... For ethical Which reasons. is what I think it says that's actually used in... The coffee? The, no, 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 no. Not in the coffee. <laughs> in the the Calvin Klein stuff. Like, nobody... Like, they're not using civet excretions. Gotcha. They are using civetone, which is, I guess, still close enough to the actual thing. Um, but, yeah, the only thing it really mentions is that it... So it sounds. It seems like it's something that probably gives some depth to other scents, which mm-hmm. is not at all uncommon. I forget the exact things because I was not really reading it for researching on the podcast, but I do remember reading about some of the various weird, uh, what is that, super whatever, super iso e whatever it is, some random scent that they're like it's it's really not so much what it does on its own, but like you add it to this and it makes it really just makes it light and airy and this and that. So maybe that this is sort of the same where. It is less about making things smell like these weird cats and more uh, ramping up some other scents. I keep wanting to say flavors, which is really disturbing. It makes me... Oh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, So it makes me wonder if it's a note that, like, you know, somebody who can smell a perfume and say, oh, I'm picking up this note and this note, if they can pick up that specific scent or if that's just something only cats can do. There we go. <laughs> you know, well, if you if see it just somebody like, like just starts musky. trying to stick their head in the perfume box, then maybe they they, they have picked up on the civetone and they just really are feeling it. <laughs> anyway. Um yeah, so. I'm just curious. Like, no, I'm, if I feel you. I feel you. Something like I that. don't have the nose to really tend right. to suss out. And a lot of the things that I do, I'm like, oh my God, this smells exactly like that. And then I look and like nobody says that. So it's Which like, I think my nose is very strange. Say, and I had this thought earlier, or I think, and I had this thought earlier that we should definitely still invest in a uh, note scent kit. Right. To start trying to learn those things. Well, because one of those. you guys. Because also, even if. Like, even if things don't smell, quote-unquote, right, you'll still recognize, like, oh, this is that. So even though that's not what I expect that to smell like, I guess what I'm getting at, the thing that comes to my mind is, like, the Killian Taste of Heaven, which to me, I was like, oh, my God, this smells exactly like key lime pie. And, like, Mm -hmm. literally no one has said this anywhere ever. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like, it doesn't, like, how could you not? It smells like you're getting slapped in the face with a key lime pie. Did you read um, any of the reviews on Fragrantica? I think I did. Specifically okay. trying to see if anybody had this thought. Of, of even just lime or anything. And as far as I can recall, nothing. And so, um, but my point is that like, okay, so whatever it is that I'm picking up, is that like if you get a note or a note uh, kit, as it were, and it's like, oh, my God, making this up. Because obviously it wouldn't be this. But it's like, oh, yeah, jasmine smells just like key lime pie to me. So you, I know, like, oh, when I'm smelling things that smell like key lime pie, that's what everybody's calling jasmine. Obviously that's not the case. Like jasmine right, and right. key lime pie. But I'm just picking things out of, out of nothing. But, yeah, to me that's where that might be useful. Because oftentimes I had the same thought with the pure tonka, which to me smells just like cinnamon rolls. Cinnabon. Yeah, cinnabon. And, like, no. But, and to me it's like an overpowering smell. And then... Actually, so that's sort of news, sort of not. I've been taking stuff to work and having some coworkers smell it, and so I had uh, two of my coworkers smell uh, the um, Pure Tonka, uh, Terry Mugler, Alien, is it Alien? No, Angel, Angel Men, um, 
and uh they were both like oh like i like this because it's really like soft and not really strong and i'm like oh my god i spray like a full spray of this and i can't smell anything past it <laughs> you know so again it just makes me think my nose is like off on some of this stuff so i can't feels like it would be worthwhile anyway that was uh that was that all right <clears throat> moving right along okay so this i have had this the karen bought this book this is perfumes the a to z guide by Luca Turin and Tanya Sanchez. They may or may not be married, but they live in Boston, presumably together. But anyway, um, we reference this book a lot. It's they they have just perfume reviews, and um, you know we we don't always agree with Luca Turin and Tanya Sanchez. But <laughs> what I just discovered, I don't know why I never noticed this before. There's a little like a Q and A in the beginning and so I went through and I picked out some questions that I thought were interesting so we're going to start with those um, question one is how long can I keep my perfume before it goes bad and um, that's something that I yeah people talk about this one a lot so it's know, always it's always have, interesting to get a new it may be worth I don't know where you were going to get into this so I don't want to jump ahead but like the guy has a little bit of a useful history yeah, or a little bit of a useful weird. take, different take, I guess is a better way to say it, than that might be the norm on some of these kinds of questions about like, for example, how long this lasts. I'm going to get into in a little bit okay. why we should take gotcha. what he says okay. to heart. No, no, no. So, gotcha, gotcha. Um, we're just, yeah. Okay. So how long can I keep my perfume before it goes bad? I'm just going to give the highlights here. It says, if you want perfumes to last long, protect them from light. Visible light consists of photons with energy high enough to break chemical bonds. So it says, if you're not going to use your fragrance quickly, save it in the box. Because that's going to keep light out. Valid. Yeah. Um, I'll get to that in a second. And it says, uh, it talks about like buying old bottles of perfume on, on eBay. It's very, very wordy explanation. <laughs> anyway, very old fragrances even... <coughs> Excuse me. When well kept, tend to darken and develop a nail varnish smell, which fortunately fades minutes after you put it on skin. If you make sure you give the perfume time to breathe before inflicting it on others, usually you can happily wear fragrances that at first sniff seem past their prime. Which John has kind of been saying anyway. Well, yeah, I mean a little different because they're they're making the point that. Um, you actually kind of see that that's the whole point with like letting wine breathe uh, mm -hmm. or red wine is that like there's some oftentimes some off flavors, but they will dissipate much more quickly than a lot of the others. So I guess it's the same thing here. Whereas mine was just noticing that like a lot of our bottles, it feels like the first like five or so sprays out of it, which I'm guessing is the liquid in the nozzle and down mm -hmm. the tube are funky. But then when you get into the, the fresh juice, it seems to settle down a little bit. Um, but that's still very interesting. And uh, I, uh, yeah, no, that is. Uh, so it talks a little bit also about maceration, which is where. I was about it, to bring that up, actually. It actually changes in the, inside the bottle. Inside the bottle. And that's the thing that and some people want. Well, yeah. And that's the thing that happens with all perfumes. But it says a good house won't, it won't, like, you won't get it before the maceration processes happened um, i have not heard that before i have heard or maybe actually no you know what i think i saw an article somewhere it was like maceration versus maturation oh yeah and it was talking about how like some there's a there's a apparently a pretty healthy market for like 
properly aged bottles of some stuff. I don't know. I my gut thought on that is not necessarily super super. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure where I land on that that idea just yet. But yeah. So the, the interesting thing they point out to me is that if you buy like say you buy a bottle of Angel. All right, it takes you three months to get through the whole thing, and you buy a new bottle and you smell it, and it's it smells different than that bottle, and that's that's a freshness freshness yeah, yeah. issue. So that doesn't mean that it has been reformulated. So oh, absolutely, that was cool. absolutely, and that's that's kind of the thing. Like I guess again, I, I forget they were talking about some specific uh, scents, but like where there's a markup for them aged apparently or something oh. and i was just like again i don't i don't know if you want an aged perfume go to your closeout stores well but i think there's like i guess there's a difference between like having it sit in a in a hot warehouse somewhere yeah. versus not but anyway I, again i just i've been meaning to look into that because i'm not entirely sure what my thoughts are on like aged perfumes and colognes yeah. or if that's a, 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 a legit nah whatever regardless not what we're here for today question two well, rubbing the fragrance in, bruise it. I've not heard bruise. I've not heard that exact but phrase. But I know but that yes. people say don't rub your wrists together. Okay. Yeah. So here's what um, they have to say. Vigorously rubbing fragrance into your skin as if it were an invigorating tonic or a splash of suntan oil is pointless and detrimental. Um, and it says that like... You know, if you spray it on your wrists or you use like a splash, you know, like there's no harm in lightly spreading it. Like, right, right, right. I assume heat is pro- friction based yes. heat is probably the so problem. It says here. it is no trouble to lightly spread the fragrance evenly about. What's not good is to go grinding away. What you'll do is heat up the fragrance so that much of the scent will evaporate away before it's time. When yeah. you smell it, it will probably be a sad shadow of what it is supposed to be, and you certainly will be missing the top notes. The, the whole point of putting it on various like uh, hot spots is because heat kind of not activates, but causes it to evaporate off and give off, you know, they're volatile. But I think the whole thing with perfumes is volatile chemicals that, you know, go into the air and you smell, et cetera. So it's like... You just speed that process up massively and kind of burn through your whole couple of hours or whatever in, you know, yeah. in, in that couple of seconds of rubbing. That's my guess. What do I know? But and yeah. She says Tanya Sanchez wrote this answer because they put their initials when it's gotcha. whoever it is. Anyway, um, <clears throat> she sprayed some on her left arm, letting it air dry. And then she sprayed some on her right arm and then rubbed it like vigorously on her leg. And then it says, uh, try it and see. She didn't tell you what happened, but anyway. <laughs> Interesting. That, yeah. that's, and that's an easy one to actually do. We'll, yeah, so obviously off air, but we'll try that sometime. And I want you guys to do it. Email me and tell me about it. <laughs> For real. Um, okay. So that's not number four. Um, For many years, my favorite perfume was such and such. Now it's discontinued. What is a similar perfume? This caught my attention because that happens to me a lot. <laughs> um, I'm very curious if your particular is it fire and ice and if that's referenced anywhere in oh, this yeah. thing. Um, so, and they do this kind of on fragrance. Amber romance. Continue. That's Amber the thing romance. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Anyway, so it says, um, Michael Edwards' Singular Resource, Fragrances of the World. It's a book. It's also a website. The book was originally purchased, um, not purchased, 
um, published in, I think it's in 1982 or 1983. And then I think they kind of come out with, now. yeah. It's on the, I was actually and looking so, at it earlier. It's like 33rd edition currently. And it's like 8,500 perfumes and yeah. a, a 1,500 discontinued, I think. So it's, it's designed to point you in the same direction as fragrances yeah. you like. And so, um. I just pulled up the website, and it's like, that's going to be a deep dive. So I was just like, we'll talk about that some other time. But just yeah. know it's out there if, you, if you're if you interested. If I Googled Michael Edwards' Fragrances of the World, and there's a database. So I cannot wait. But you have to actually, like, create an account and sign ah, in. So okay. I didn't want to do that today because we're not really talking about Michael Edwards, but maybe we will later. Yeah, no, I, um, I definitely would like to look into that. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting and um, should be shared with everyone. Yep. <laughs> Curious <laughs> if that gets into some of the, the more uh, smaller scale or, you know, like the uh, Parfums of Marley and uh, things where it's like, <laughs> you know these expensive ones it's like oh i like this i'm curious what other houses might have something like you know leighton or mm-hmm. ojan wajan whatever it is just, the, the to me the best one to point out for <laughs> things that smell exactly alike besides fire and ice and amber romance is the baccarat rouge 540 and oh, ariana grande's <clears throat> cloud that's right. just insanely i'm curious if similar. that's on there like what what's right? what's listed for those two so trust, listeners, we are going to deep dive into that. and That'll be its own thing. That can definitely be its own thing. Okay, so um, I thought this was interesting. They asked, so I don't know who's asking these questions, but whatever. How are the reviews done? Which concentration are they blind tests? Some of those things I don't care about. But anyway, um, so effectively, they spray um, onto labeled blotters, which is, you know, the little cards. That you, right, right. Um, and observe their evolution over a few minutes. Those that are not obviously cheap, hastily hacked together rubbish, we test on skin, sometimes on both of us for the day. And often we spray a blotter, leave it in the room for a bit, and come back to the to check uh, the radiance. Interesting. Yeah, so um, that's kind of cool. Um, they, they, they don't blind test. They always know what they're spraying. Um, this is we sometimes discuss a scent at length before one of us writes the opinion. Um, and I've read somewhere else because sometimes they'll, they will put they will publish split opinions because they just can't agree on gotcha. certain. Things. I mean, well, it's it's fairly. But usually subjective. they take the one from either if Luca Turin likes it more, he's going to write a better review. So they'll take the one that is gotcha. more strongly favored. I think is what it said. That was a different question. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then price indications are added at the end, though occasionally, when relevant, we mention prices in the text. To save ourselves from boredom, we usually test more than one brand at a time, which also lends perspective. I thought that was interesting. Gotcha. Um, and that so, is. yeah, so that was kind of, that's how they come up to their things. And then I thought it would be a good time to discuss why should we care what Luca Turin thinks about perfume and Tanya Sanchez. Okay. The thing is, I couldn't find any information on Tanya Sanchez except that she is linked to Luca Turin okay. and that they review perfumes together. Um, like I said, I thought it was from the New York Times, but that's wrong. So I'm going to do a book report on Chandler Burr later. <laughs> so um, Luca Turin is a biophysicist and he's from Beirut, Lebanon. Okay. Or he's born there. Um, he's world renowned. Because of his interest in bioelectronics, hmm. which sounds like something 
until you break those words down. <laughs> it's like, what? Electronics, but then bio. Anyway, it's not important. Um, sense of smell, perfumery, and the fragrance industry. Um, he has a PhD in physiology and biophysics. Um, he got that at the, I think it was like the College of London. Okay. University College of London. I didn't write Get it down for it. whatever reason. <laughs> but then he also was a lecturer at the same college from 1992 to 2000. Um, then he started a company called Flexitrol to pursue his theories. His his big theory is known as the vibration theory of olfaction. I tried to read the summary on um, Wikipedia, and I didn't understand most of it, and I got real bored and stopped reading. So <laughs> I'm just saying props that he has that. You know, like he anyway. He's also sometimes referenced as like the emperor of scents. Or as I almost said, the Sultan of Smells. But anyway, that nice. could go either way. Like, he smells or he just... Knows. But anyway, he he's just known for being, like, the guy that knows how everything smells. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, and I have to pull up this article. Anyway, so he, he also went... In 2010, he um, went to MIT to, to, to develop an electronic nose. It was like something where they use like natural receptors to. This may be ongoing. I, I don't know. I want to say that kind of stuff has application in like um, any number of things because like basically you're trying to detect like molecule like airborne molecules at that point, right? In relatively small quantity. Maybe not. I don't. I, I vaguely recall hearing about applications of stuff like that for like, for example, like bomb testing. Um, and you're checking like you know. Uh, luggage and such. Gotcha. Uh, I swear, there's also some disease or 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 medical uh, application for that. Anyway, not important. Not important. Sorry. So he's done a lot of like scientific like studies and researches, like lots, lots and lots of stuff in multiple countries. Um, but this is the coolest story I think I've ever heard about a biophysicist. So okay, in 1988, I'm just reading this straight off the Wikipedia page. In 1988, Turin began work at the lab led by neuroscience researcher Henri Korn at the Pasteur Institute. There, Turin and his colleague, Nicole Ropert, reported to their superiors that they believed some of Korn's research on neurotransmitters was based on fabricated results. After Turin made a formal request that the CNRS investigate the allegations, he was told told to find work outside France. Ropert was also asked to leave. Korn was awarded the prestigious Richard Lounsbury Award in 1992 and became a member of the National Academy of Sciences in the U.S. and the French Academy of Sciences. Then, in 2007, reanalysis of Korn's data by Jacques Nino in the Journal of Neurophysiology showed serious anomalies that suggested the results were indeed fabricated. Well, there you go. Big double birds of those guys. No, just kidding. That's like a... <laughs> wow. Well, double birds to some of those guys. To one yeah. of those guys. Well, to anyway. the Henri Korn and his right. fabricated uh, data. data. Well, I mean, it just says possibly. possibly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was like, wow, how scandalous. Right. Not what you expect. In had the... scandal. Well, and Luca Turin's yeah. like, um, excuse me, teacher. Uh, he's cheating. <laughs> anyway. And they're like, nice. get out of France. <laughs> I don't know. I thought Just that was kind of cool. run out of the country. Wow. So basically, yeah, we should listen to Luca Turin. He's well, going to give you. Well, let I mean, me let me finish. He's going to give you the scientific reasons why these perfumes suck or whatever. So it's like, but as I always say, 
like what you like. Right. And I was just going to say, like, yes, that's. I think that's noteworthy in regards to example for, you know, hey, how long will your perfume last, etc. But, like, in regards to does this scent smell good, it's like, well, I think that's a little too subjective for... Uh, I don't think you can get credentialed in being able to determine if things smell, smell good. good. Yeah. yeah, and I there was a question in there somewhere that was like, um, you rated something poorly, um, but I like it or something like that. And I was like, so why do we disagree? And it's like you know, it's it's not about it's um, the smell is always the same. It's the way we interpret the smell. Well, it had something to do with the answer, but I didn't read that one because I was like, well, it's not that interesting. But I guess it kind of is. But yeah, now here we sit talking about it vaguely because we don't yeah. really have all the details. So anyway, we're going to get into some of the perfumes that he and she. Oh, I did find that Tanya Sanchez is on Twitter. So she's at Tanya Sanchez and um, she tweets. So check it out. I don't really do Twitter that often, so I don't... Yeah. I don't know. But I may go look at her feed just because. Just because. So, our first one is going to be one million... These will be alphabetical because that's how the (laughs) book is laid out. We didn't make it all the way through the book because I had so much fun. Wouldn't one million be in the middle? No, it's one. It's a number. Oh. So, let me find it in this basket. Oh, Parfum. It's a sample. Probably this sample. Nope. Nope. <laughs> not that one. Nope. Definitely not that one. Nope. Wow. There it is. Ah, it sorry hiding. about that. I should have been a little more prepared. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Paco Rabone. One million. <laughs> Got it right on my hand. Okay. This is something we've smelled before, but anyway. So, what I'm going to have John do is try and... Uh, oh, actually. So, it's a one to five star rating. One means avoid. Two means not recommended. Three is good. Four, recommended. And five is masterpiece. And then they also give... Um, dollar sign ratings like you would on Yelp, you know? So one dollar sign is one to fifty dollars, two dollar signs is fifty one to a hundred, three one hundred to two hundred. And I'm sure they're talking pure retail and probably yes. at time of release. Yes. Or at least time of review. So then, a lot um, of those may have shifted since. Four dollar signs over two hundred dollars. Okay. So when did uh and I would point out that like and I say this because this is not necessarily the norm. Uh, and it actually sort of makes sense if this guy is a sciencey guy. Um, they, I've noticed theirs tend to stick pretty, like a lot of things. If you have a scale of one to five, the the three star that they claim is good is actually pretty obviously meant to be like not good. I've noticed in theirs like they tend to stick to like three is like an okay thing. Like it's not great. Like you wouldn't necessarily go get it, but. Uh, they do not seem to have like review like score inflation that you see in a lot of things where everything is at least a, a seven out of ten if it's even sort of okay. So um, anyway, I just thought that was interesting with their reviews. I've noticed when flipping through that book. Do you have a guess on the star rating? On the specific? No, I do not. I suspect they will be like when did, does it say when this came out no, or does it have a year? Because a lot of that's going to be like. Uh, to me, this smells pretty run-of-the-mill, but again, like when it came out, who knows? Um, 
I don't know. I'm gonna, I'll, I would pure guess that they are like just kind of like middle of the road. Okay, I'm going to read you the part of the review that is gotcha. coherent. Um, anyway. Wow. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it smells yeah. like bubblegum in here. Okay. And in, in here being the color. A weird fragrance. One million is a marriage of two distinct perfumery ideas that have never before been squished together. The tired apple tendency of cool water and the musky Levantine hair gel feel of Caron's number three. Trouble is, the second idea quickly vanishes, leaving the first all by itself. Now you want to guess what the star rating is? Well, I would say that's probably a two. It is a two. Yeah. They, I've read enough of those. That sounds like a two. Which, yeah. again, like, and I say that because in a lot of things, two out of five would be like, God, this is the worst. Where that's basically like, no, it's just kind of blah. Like, you know. Okay. Okay. So the next one is going to be this one. It's Aqua de Joie Pour Home. I know I tend to do these poorly, but if you would like, I am uh, I am happy to do this so you can just wrangle the book. I wore this just the other day. This came out in the 80s, didn't it? I don't know. I'm going to guess they like this just because this is like... This strikes me as one of those things that like everything smells like now, but maybe was kind of like neat when it came out. Um, I will point out that Aqua de Joie for women got a four-star review. Aqua de Joie pour home. Two. Um, I'm just going to read the review. Was my guess right? I'm going to read the review. The team of perfumers credited with this fragrance is an all-star lineup. Maurice Minardo, Buzenstein, Cavalier, whatever, whoever they are. So it's a surprise that the scent itself is so ho-hum, an aquatic citrus with woody notes and a dash of cooking herbs. Yeah. But they gave it three stars. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's not bad, but yeah, aqua- I, I do get aquatic I, I, and citrus, and it's not... I felt like that's kind of how you described it. You're just kind of like, it's like me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. It's not bad. It's not good. I, I wore it and I was like, okay. Like, yeah, I don't... It, it vaguely reminds me in the same vein of like a not unisex CK1. Like, okay. you know. Yeah, which is like citrusy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the next one is Allure. I remember reading this one. Not exactly word for word, but... find it now, but... Because I took the thing out here to start smelling it and talk about it, and I'll find it. Well, I like it well enough, but I remember they said this was very, uh... I think they were very under... Like, middle of the road, if I remember. Very underwhelmed. I will read the... I always thought it smelled vaguely like eucalyptus. Not like hardcore. Not like in a gross way. Just like, sort of. I'm so dumb sometimes. Okay. Uh, they call it a woody amber. One star. I'm sure that when Pierre Bourdon did the beautiful and beautifully simple cool water. They freaking love cool water. They really do. And it may have been for its time like a big thing. But I mean, I think they just love it regardless of time. Anyway, he had no idea what he was starting. There have since been several hundred imitations, all trying to improve the unimprovable and ending up giving it more flab around the middle. This is one competent, utterly dull, and unworthy of Chanel. See? This one is competent, utterly dull, and unworthy of Chanel. Again, maybe it's just me, but like, 
Well, I don't necessarily agree or disagree. This is or isn't amazing. I don't smell this and go like, oh, this is trying to even sort of smell like cool water. <laughs> like, yeah. it feels like if you're trying to make a cool water knockoff, if you land on woody amber, you have gone pretty far afield of the thing you are trying to accomplish. But, uh, yeah, like, like I said, I, I like it well enough. Yeah, but they list that as a one, like a void, and I don't think it smells bad. In yeah. fact, I picked that out for you. Yeah, that's true. All right, so I accidentally skipped Alien. I love it. Okay. It's, they describe it as a woody jasmine. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a white flower for sure. Yeah, kind of powdery. It's good. I love it. Um, and so here's the part of the review. The novelty here consisting in overlaying the brassy synthetic core of Angel with a rich, natural, and fresh Sombach jasmine note instead of the strident floral base of the original. The dry down is also better, a muted version of Bulgari's black in place of a vanillic hangover. Not as bad as all that, but a waste of talent. Great bottle, though. Um, they gave it three stars. And they were comparing it. So whoever was the nose behind it also did the first um, Angel Flanker, Angel Innocent. So they're kind of comparing it to that, which I don't think is fair, but <laughs> they still give it a three. <laughs> so so there we, you won't, go. we won't be mad at them. Now, I don't have a um, sample. sample of Angel, but they gave it five stars. They love Angel, and I think that's why it gets it gets brought up so many times. Um, I didn't even highlight any of the thing. Um, when it apparently when it came out, I have a prediction that there it's it's gonna be it's gonna be considered if not verbatim like uh, revolutionary versus evolutionary. Yeah, it's gonna be their huge thing. Why they love this so much. This? Tanya wrote this anyway. She says. Um, when she first smelled it, she thought it was smelled like a joke. Anyway, and she said, I suffered from then the naive belief that women should smell only like flowers or candy. Yet Angel perversely smells of both. Perversely smells of both. With the same relation to your average sweet floral as a 10-story high demo. Okay, anyway, so <laughs> it starts to get real rambly and weird. But anyway, I thought that was kind of cool that they... Um, it, yeah, it was totally different from whatever you'd smelled, so, like you said. Yeah. Anyway, but that that has a five, so that kind of gives you a idea of their... Okay, so next is this one. Which, now, to be fair, I had this in my car for a really long time. So, I don't know that it smells, but it was in the glove compartment. But heat, you know, so... Okay, so this is Be Delicious Fresh Blossom from um, Don Karen. It smells pretty good. I like it. Oh, that smells like, yeah, to me that has like an off smell. Well, yeah, that's probably because it's old. Give it a minute because I am, it but might yeah, go away. It, it smells like, I see what they're saying, like it smells kind of like a nail polishy remover kind of thing. Acetone. Um, they just said nail varnish, but... I don't know. Whatever. It smells... And I don't know that acetone is actually... What do I know about nail polish or nail polish remover, right? It just smells weird to me. It smells very chemically. 
Like, well, you might agree with their review then. They gave it two stars. It says, another throwaway flanker that starts in Hairspray and ends in Tommy Girl. Hairspray. There we go. <laughs> ends in yeah. Tommy Girl. Strictly for teenage girls who daydream about shampoo advertisements. This this reminds me of one. It was not Aquanet. Avec. Something from back in like the, the a Hairspray from back in the A. A specific one because it's not just, you know, it's not important. But yeah. <laughs> now, I will say I've been wafting the hell out of this the whole time. And like now... Before you, no. Oh. Go ahead. I was just gonna say before you spray that, um, can, smell this. It's fine. Uh, like it feels like that weirdness has gone away mm-hmm. or softened at any rate. So Although now it, it's it, Tommy Girl. Now it's now it's more yeah it's it's instead of a hairspray plus Tommy Girl it's reversed. Um, All right, so next one, and I'm gonna let you try and guess what they how they read it. I couldn't get this to me. Smell, I like this a lot, but it makes me anytime I like something, I assume that they're gonna hate it because that tends to be how it's gone. They Um, describe it as cucumber chocolate. I get no chocolate, but I could. I don't really get cucumber, but I always thought it smelled very herbal. Okay. Um. Kind of reminded me of a kitchen scent in a good way, or like sweet grass or something like that. I'm just gonna read some of this until it gets weird. But anyway, big egos like gases expand to fill the space others give them and tom ford's name now takes top billing above the fragrance itself ford has even gone on record stating he considers black orchid a classic as if the title were his to bestow black orchid's idea first seen earlier in chanel's allure sensual is in itself very interesting a novel take on the androgynous style of angel and its brood Take a typical lauder-heavy balsamic structure like youth do or spellbound. Those both stink. And add it to add to it a shining layer of fresh watery notes and connect to by a light dry cedar wood accord. And connect the two by a light dry cedar wood accord. Okay. But this cucumber on chocolate idea works better on a smelling strip than in real life. Hmm. They gave it three stars. I like that they picked it apart and they don't care that it's Tom Ford. <laughs> you know, well, like, I mean, yeah, like why would they? Exactly. <laughs> Hell, and it's not even Tom, Tom Ford. Ford. Like, it's Tom Ford's name. Like I'm, Right, right. It's like it's I don't... Whoever. Yeah. And sometimes they'll name... The nose. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, there's more. This is an interesting uh, review. I just... It's very long, so I'm gonna yeah. move 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 it along. I'm hoping to get through all of these. If not, we don't. Okay, this one we don't actually have. I just thought this was hilarious. Bluebell, Pin Haligan's Bluebell. Oh, yeah. Bluebell. Bluebell is what Blue I'm bell. to Because I'm from Texas. Is <laughs> it they give it one star. Ouch. Yeah. And now this is the fragrance worn by the Queen of England. <laughs> and they call it repellent. <laughs> Nice. Is that literally it? Yep. That's all they wrote. Luca Turin. <laughs> okay. So, Bright Crystal. You can just take the lid off and smell that one. And I want you to guess what they... I actually can't. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I cannot take the lid off on and a, smell it. on a blotter, as we like to say. <laughs> I probably have a spray sample, too. I just don't have enough hands. I'm going to knock it over if I set it down. I can't smell this. 
Okay, hold on. Let me see if I... I mean, can you smell that? No. You're okay. correct. I just am making sure. Sometimes it's just my nose, right? Like... Yeah. Your nose doesn't know. Here. Give me one second and I will find another one. All right. Okay. Woo! <laughs> We're going to have to call this the technical difficulty right. episode. Okay. Here you go. It's just... Is it just that light? Pretty, pretty light. Jesus. That bodes poorly. Give it a second because it just smells like alcohol right now, but... I can actually kind of smell that. It is just very light, though. I am like, sometimes I like this, sometimes I don't. It smells nice, but it's it is it is a it is light AF, man. That is not. I can smell it, but okay. So, what would you get? This is Bright Crystal by Versace. Well, I'm gonna guess that they love it because I'm thinking that it's just kind of like, like, like kind of meh. Like again, it, it feels like a solid like two, maybe. A th- well, no, no, no. On their scale, it feels like a solid three of just a, it's okay. Like they call it a nasty floral. It got one star, okay. and the review says hideously screechy. I don't understand those words in the context of the smell. So <laughs> thanks. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's. It's nothing to get excited about by a long shot, but I maintain that both directions. Like, yeah, I, I can no more find this offensive than I could find it amazing. Like, to you me, know. it does smell like a... Sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't bother me at all. Sometimes it smells like a cheap rose perfume. Like I don't get rose at all. Really? But again, we've already... As we were discussing, but like, yeah, like to me... This would be like going like, oh my god, this glass of water is just so terrible. It's like, well, it's a glass of water. Like, if it, as long as it doesn't have flavor, it's pretty much all you can expect out of it. You know, very much in the same vein. Like, this doesn't smell good, but it certainly doesn't smell bad by any stretch. Are we trying to smell something that's not in actual... Yeah, this is Donna Karen Cashmere Mist, and they sent it in a, like a towelette. So I'm going to try that. You don't want to put it on yourself? No. I don't know. Here, smell that, and you can smell this if you want. Oh, to I can. That just smelled like straight up alcohol. Yeah, it does. But I can smell it on the on the thing here. I'm waft. I'm dabbing and wafting onto the. Okay, that actually. Yeah, that's okay. It's got like a mild. I always like things with cashmere because they tend to be fairly muted, and so. Um, it's not even that I really necessarily love the smell, but like, oh, like I've, like go on at length anytime it comes up, a lot of things when they first get sprayed, I'm just like, oh my God, I can't handle this. I don't, like cashmere tends to be pretty, uh, say dialed that, down. So this, um, for 2019 went to the hall of fame for the fragrance awards, but I could, it's good. It's nice. It's not. Anyways, Donna Karen cashmere mist. They describe it as a dull floral, floral. I was thinking I was getting some sort of woody thing going on there, but... And then he, they gave it two stars, and it says, Hard to say much about this salicylate accord, wan and gray. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've sprayed that perfume, and I do not like it. Gotcha. But it doesn't smell that bad on the little tester thing, so... Um... 
This one again, we don't have, but I just thought the review was funny. Chrome by Azaro. Oh, right, right, right. We, we see, see it, it all the time. The t- it's, it is it is constantly at all of the closeouts <laughs> for like 20 bucks a, for a giant bottle, I think. They give it one star, call okay. it a watery citrus. Why, oh why, do people want to pay real money to get the smell of their shampoo played louder and in a form that doesn't even wash hair? <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Luca Turin. I can only imagine I would probably love it now because that just seems to be how I go with their reviews. Not even trying, not even saying it'd be funny. I just noticed mm-hmm. like things I like, they tend to crap all over, and things that they tend to be like, oh my god, I'm like, eh. I don't know if we can... Yeah, I, re- you can I was gonna say I remember what this smells like. Yeah, so CK one, CK1. <laughs> citrus, amazing. Best thing ever. These are all things. I, I think this is going to go on at length. Am I wrong? They do call it radiant citrus. Yeah. This we actually read when we were doing the 90s episode. Oh, okay. So the part like... I highlighted says, CK1 takes a soapy, fresh top note and flushes it out with a skin-toned ensemble of middle and dry-down materials. Everyone is picked for radiant, so the chord can be heard just as clearly... 30 paces away as up close. The mix in the air is unvarying and time forever stands still at 8 a.m. The frozen morning of a day full of promise. Four stars. Yeah. It's good. I, I feel like I uh, I couldn't afford the real deal back in the day, but I wore a decent amount of the knockoff and it probably wasn't That's as good. That's the one they but... described as a chemical time machine. Yeah. I took that to mean that like, oh, the nostalgia. And then it was like... It's like a linear scent, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next two are curve and curve for men. So we can just All kind right. of spray those if you want to do that. All right. We'll start with curve. That might be two. I don't know. It is not. I will tell you that both curve and curve for men got the same star rating. Uh, then I'm going to guess not amazing. There's Curve. What do you think curve. of that? It's nice. It's okay. Yeah, that's, it's nice. Okay. What I expect yeah. is a solid okay. I don't know, though, because I don't get the impression that they factor in costs. And I think Curve was always not that expensive, right? Like, yeah, it's got $1 sign. Yeah, and, and to me, like, to me, that's no... Again, maybe it's just not having a lot of money, but, you know, and growing up or whatever. But to me, it's noteworthy, like... Something that's, uh, you know, two star or, or three star, but one dollar sign is probably, in my youth, would have been a solid like five star because of that one dollar sign. Anyway, continue. Okay, so here's the review for Curve for Women. They describe it as black currant peony. Oh, I kind of get that. Where is it again? I think it's this one. I, I totally get that. If you smell it. <laughs> peony, yes. Black currant, no. But that's just me. Um, though this combination of trendy black currant and a bright aldehydic floral is competently put together, it feels sour and conventional despite the surface cheer. Like a person who dislikes you yet smiles with maniacal enthusiasm whenever you encounter her. Wow. All right. And then Curve for Men, they describe it as a citrus fougere. Fougere, Fougere. I think. I think. Nothing out of the ordinary, but it smells good in the sweet, fruity, plus violet leaf fashion. Yeah, no, that's, that's, it's not amazing, but. They both got three stars. It's funny to me, this, 
and Mambo and Spark feel like you could put them on kind of a, a, a linear chart, like a like just a like a number line, you know, and kind of, they're just they're kind of on a, all of a trying to think how to say it. Like they don't smell the same. Uh, and I wouldn't even necessarily say they have the same notes, but like in my head, like they're very definitely related. Um, yeah, that's not not my favorite, but it's hard to call that your smelling. That's fine. Your mm. smelling. It's hard to call it offensive. It's just it's you know, again though. Back in the day, you probably would have worn that because like I'm guessing even back then you could have gotten what's a pretty good sized bottle. That one spray I think is pretty solid for what would that have been back? Fifty in? bucks. Yeah, like you know. So, what is this? The next one is Dior Addict. I have a ginormous bottle of this and I love it. Um, it's described as a floral oriental, or as I like to call it, floriental. Mm. <laughs> a combination of cheap chocolate and dissonant heavy floral. This smells nasty from all angles. They give it two stars. <laughs> That feels like a very generous star rating for that description. Right? I love it. It's not my favorite, but it's not my favorite because, again, it, it's one of those that just like decadence. I think there's a specific note in there that to me is overpowering, and it just makes it hard. It makes it sometimes just feel like it's just hard to breathe around it. Mm-hmm. And not not even like you not, – not to say like you wear it too strongly. It's just some of these notes just make it hard for me to like, get past. Um that's why I say, like, I'm, I'm not once have I ever claimed decadence smells bad. Just that it, like, when you put that on, sometimes it's like, oh my god, I can't like smell anymore. It's just uh, overwhelming, like literally overwhelming, like sensory overload, I guess. Gotcha. But uh, well, with that, that's where we're gonna stop because we're at an hour, and that is about all the time that we like to spend. But. I, I think, think there's this literally was... only one more left no, in there. There's not. Oh, because there's samples. Never mind. Yeah, Never there's... mind. Several more. Never mind. All right, so then. We will well, that's a solid up. hour of us rambling about... Well, well, we are rambling about smells. Rambling about smells. That's kind of just the, that's, that's the description the, of our podcast. There we go. Um, but And this time we talked about... Ooh, talk it about <laughs> wow I, we talked about poorly is what we did. <laughs> we talked about cats. Talked about cats. Not the musical. No. Thank goodness. And civets. Anyway, so um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna continue doing this. As you see, we made it to Dior Attic. That's in the D's. Hopefully, this is not awful because I actually enjoyed this. It's not. I enjoyed it partly because I I find as we sort of mentioned, and we'll we'll go a little over our time for a quick wrap of what we just discussed. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting to read this guy's takes because again like clearly there is a lot of like this is not somebody just going like uh, well sometimes and it's moderately annoying sometimes it is somebody just smelling something like oh you know Mm -hmm. but broadly speaking that's usually not the case but i also find very very rarely do i agree with them uh and so it's just neat to see uh, just an entirely different and Professional, like presumably professional, one per, making money off of this book. So, like that's that's professional versus amateur. If you're making money off of what you do, and so clearly, like that is the case here. But yeah, no, I, uh, I, I. So it's like you know they always say for reviewers to like the way for anything that's subjective, which is most things being reviewed. You just have to find somebody where your taste kind of align and. You know, then you follow their, you follow them. It's like I have kind of found like 
I can do sort of the opposite with theirs where it's like they so we seem to be so firmly on the opposite side of things that it's like okay I like this they're gonna hate it oh they hated this I'm probably gonna think that's pretty decent you know um um, I do think it's interesting. And... Right. Sorry, just one last point uh-huh. along. Right down to, you know, if you flip man, if you know, if you if you take a one, it becomes a five. A two becomes a four. Three, like a middle of the road stays middle of the road. And that seems to also like, we, you know. Anyway, I just thought that was kind of neat. Where it's like the things they hate, I love the things they love, they hate, and I both I tend to agree with them with the stuff they like. This is this is solidly like, not terrible or good anyway sorry go ahead um i think it's interesting and i i get wrapped up when i start reading about perfumes and their notes i'm like oh i probably would love that because it's got orchid or i love this because it's got violets Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and sometimes and then i find myself you know wanting every perfume that exists so it's like maybe thumbing through the book will help me like say oh okay well now they're saying this and that don't get me wrong. I will decide whether I like Dior Addict. Screw you, yeah. Luca Turin. But um, <laughs> my one, and I, I don't. I think this is common <coughs> to a lot of uh, a lot of perfume reviews, all in all. And I think there's no it, it, varying degrees. It's just hard to avoid. But um, I probably may have this phrase wrong. But there's a thing somewhere talking about like dancing about architecture singing about it i think it's dancing about basically where it's talking about like trying to describe certain forms of media via other yeah trying to like so basically it's like some of these things get pretty far afield of what tells you anything about that perfume or cologne Mm -hmm. in a meaningful way and it's just kind of like okay this sounds like some lunatic babble not no, no offense to these people i don't mean there specifically but it sounds like some lunatic babbling about nonsense that it's like if you didn't tell me that they're trying to describe a cologne or a perfume i would never have guessed when they're talking about you know using some of the 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 literal phrases and sentences and etc they use uh and I, like i said i think it's just a problem of trying to describe sense via things that are not like other than just the notes which is going to get real boring really quickly where you're like okay list of the notes done nothing else to discuss but then you also have them describing them as buildings of 10 stories tall and things of this and i'm like okay like gotcha you know but that's not just them though like Mm -hmm. you see this in a lot of these where it's like the language kind of goes off the rails because what else can you do to describe sense other than just it smells like this or that you know so i do think it's interesting though it's just another way like because i think people do it if you look on fragrantica you know like people are that's a community created so that you can that, read their reviews and, and say that's how people are uh, no no, no. and, and that's that is how everybody and i i think it's because otherwise it becomes you know Otherwise, it's like describing a movie via the box it came in. You know, it's like you're listening like, okay, this has this smells like X, Y and Z. It has notes of A, B and C. And that's kind of the it's you spray it on and it it smells strongly from a distance and it lasts X number of hours. Full stop. Like what else can you if if you don't get into metaphor and it kind of vaguely reminds me of this and that I go on to a lesser degree of the same way to be clear about, oh, this is more of like a an evening night out, something you'd wear if you were doing what I da 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 et cetera. Anyway, I just feel like sometimes this one pushes it a little to the extreme <laughs> in some of their stuff. And it is occasionally frustrating when I'm kind of curious to see, even though I don't agree with them, curious to see what they think about a thing. Like when you mentioned Bluebell and I'm like, holy crap, I'm curious to know what, what that smells like. Well, repellent doesn't really tell me a whole lot. 
Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> so. so anyway, regardless, that was that was five minute detour of just kind of like it's a neat book, and I'm very curious. To, I actually want to get. I, I'd be curious to know how much the. The other guy you mentioned with the smells of the world, Michael Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I know that there are Sense some the online. His fragrances. Fragrances. Of the world. Of the... No, I know it wasn't smells of the world. <laughs> smells of the world, but anyway, I think that there are. I know online they have an updated like compendium. Yeah. I may have just made that word up. Anyway. No, that's a word. Oh, that's a word. Okay. Yeah, and it's you're using it correctly. I oh, think. Good. Yay! When anyway, so um. And it has more recent perfumes in it, too. So, like I said, we're going to finish this deep dive with the, the perfumes that we have or have smelled or if I come across a funny thing. And hopefully you guys enjoy that. We won't have the Q&A portion at the beginning, so we'll get to do a lot more perfumes. Right, right, right. Um, and um, this is the content we feel like you <laughs> you should have. <laughs> so hopefully you enjoy it. If not, email us and we'll stop doing it because it's a big book. Well, we, we might just... We might scale it back. I don't think we're just yeah. going to stop midstream. But um, you got to at least get you got to half ass getting disease. This right? is just like it's very interesting to me. And it's I, just it's also here's the thing. There are eight bill well not eight billion. There are a lot of perfumes, cologne, scents, etc. You got to have some way of approaching that and going through somebody's thoughts on them is as good as any oh, other. And I just had a brand new idea we'll do it the next the next episode so anyway all right um, i'll deal. tell you later okay well, I'll, <laughs> I'll find out here in a bit you listeners will find out in a week or so yes but we're going to wrap this up now because it's running super long 10 whole minutes shame on us shame on us that's like a 15 percent <laughs> over overage oh anyway all right so with that we'll get on with it you guys have uh good weeks slash weekends depending on when you're listening to this and uh Subscribe, yeah. give Subscri- us a review, and um, email us. Email us at missy at perfumephilosophers.com. M I S T Y at perfumephilosophers.com. That's just too long to spell. Yes. Um, but <laughs> you, if you're listening to the. You probably podcast, see it on you your screen it, somewhere, so, yeah. or you could if you wanted to. So, all cats. right. Cats. I, I wish I could sing because I would just start singing something from cats. You but could I, sing talk. Uh, no. You're not noodles. Like the corner of I, my I mind. I am noodles. How's it going? Misty water colored memories. All right. Wait, Cat. is that even from cats? I don't uh, know. Anyway. Yeah. That's it. We'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>